Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. We are in a series called um, On the Edge of Incredible. Say On the Edge of Incredible. Now, if you missed last week, go back, check it out, um, and, and, and just... Uh, uh, you know, go over that. You'll, it'll tie in what we're hearing today. But I can say this. God wants to deliver a promise to you. Do you know that? So that you and I would move towards it in order to see it fulfilled in our lives. God, do you know like God wants to give you the desires of your heart? Sounds kind of selfish, but that's our God. God's like, I want to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to fulfill his promises for you in this lifetime, right, so that he can show you how faithful he is. He wants to encourage you and give you hope as he leads you to the edge of the promise. They're incredible. And I'm not sure what you need. I don't know what you've been praying for. But God does and God cares. And he wants to bring you to the place where you can have hope again. So that, that's what Joshua was called to do, to lead God's people to the edge of the promised land. So we're going to the first three chapters of Joshua. You can go home and read it yourself. First three chapters, because it, this is where, this is kind of where everything took place prior to getting to where God wanted them to go. To get to the edge. Because it's at the edge, it's at the edge where your vision will be restored, your faith is revived, and your hope renewed. It's, and it's there where you witness the power of God. And my, my, my thought is this, is that so many people live life and never have a vision of a promise for their lives. You know that? Like, they're, they're just kind of going through the motions. But when you can grab a hold of a promise that you know is for you, oh my goodness, it's the game changer. It's the game changer. You know, uh, it, it, and that's what God wants to deliver something for you. It, and it's really what you need right now in your season, right? I don't know what you need, but you need something from God, a word from God, something that says, okay, God, you're real, but I, and you just showed me something that I believe you're going to bring to pass in my life. See, all of us have experienced God's faithfulness in one way or another, right? We've all experienced God. I mean, just raise your hand if you've experienced, a, again, a, a God faithfulness of God in your life, right? And I've learned that God isn't a one-time God, He's not just a one promise God. He's a God of many times, many chances. God is a God of many promises. He's a God of abundance. Because there are literally hundreds of promises given to us to believe and receive. Those are two powerful words, to believe and receive. But I can only obtain a promise if I get one for myself. If I believe it, then I can receive it. If you believe it, then you can receive it. So Jesus backs up the statement right here in Mark eleven twenty four. I tell you, this is personal, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Did you hear that? That's a bold statement. Like, God, really? Oh, people say, well, you can't take that literally. It means something else. That, that's not true. No, no, no. Listen, Jesus said it. I believe it. That's it. He's really looking for just simple faith. You said it, I believe it. There's so many things that try to take this moment away from us, but if you said it, I believe it. It's true. And I believe that Joshua 
had some serious belief and motivation as he moved to the edge. He was not only extremely motivated to get there, but to live there as well. Because if you know his story, he had to suffer for 40 years because of the unbelief of someone else. God's people. He suffered. He was ready to go in. He was, he was more than ready to go in. And he was more than ready to go in now. And so God had developed in Joshua, suffering for 40 years, an even greater faith and determination because he made it through his tough season. This is what I want to say to you right now. It's like, God, why, why this tough season? Why is this happening, right? We always say, why, God? I, I didn't expect this to happen or to happen this way. Why? It, it's simple. He's building your faith. He's building your faith in him. He's building your trust. He wants you to know how powerful he is. But in the moment when you're going through it, you're like, man, why? This doesn't make sense to me, right? Why this season? I'll say it this way, uh, because I believe that, that, that there's a next level of faith. And, you know, you hear this a lot, next, next level, new devil, right? I say, forget that. Say next level, new miracle. Come on, right? Say next level, new miracle. That's really what God wants us to get to. Because, I, listen, because if you say next level, new devil, like, I ain't going to the next level. Man, the last devil was tough. Well, that, that's the wrong perspective to say Next level, new miracle. Last week we learned how to follow God by his spirit with our steps and by simply starting. Now let's move a little closer in chapter two. I want to read this to you and then we'll, I'll show you some really cool things that we found out here in this chapter. Joshua 2, 1 through 24. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Acacia Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. Jericho was the stronghold. It was that fortified city that no one could mess with. So it says, so the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. But someone told the king of Jericho, Rahab, bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Verse 4, Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. Verse 5, they left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Verse 6, actually, she'd taken them up to the roof and hidden them behind bundles of flax she had laid out. In other words, she just lied for God. <laughs> right? God was good with that. That's another whole message. We're not going to go there. But, but uh, verse 7, so the king's men went looking for the spies along the road leading to the shallow crossings of the Jordan River. And as soon as the king's men had left, the gate of Jer Jericho was shut. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went on the roof to talk with them. It's a great conversation here. He says, I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. Can I just say something to you right now? God has already given you the land. He's already given you the promise. This is the kind of perspective we got to have. Already given it to you. Said, I know, I, know, I know the Lord has given you this land, she told him, but we're all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know that what he did to Sion and Og and the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. 
No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No wonder or no one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. So now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and all of their families. Verse 14, we offer our own lives as a guarantee for your safety. The men agreed. If you don't betray us, we'll keep our promise and be kind to you when the Lord gives us the land. Then since Rahab's house was built into the town wall, she let them down by a rope through the window. Escape to the hill country, she told them. Hide there for three days from the search, for, for the men are searching for you. Then when they have returned, you can go on your way. Verse 17, before they left, the men told her, hey, we'll be bound by your oath. We have taken only if you follow these instructions. When we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. And all your family members, your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your relatives must be there also inside the house. If they go out in the street and are killed, it's not our fault. But if anyone lays a hand on people inside this house, we'll accept the responsibility for their death. If you betray us, however, we're not bound by this oath in any way. Verse 21, I accept your terms, she replied. And she went, she sent them on their way, leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window. Verse 22, the spies went up from the hill country and stayed there three days. The men who were chasing them searched everywhere along the road, but they finally returned without success. And the two spies came down from the hill country, crossed the Jordan River, and reported to Joshua all that had happened to them. Look at this. The Lord has given us the whole land, they said, for all the people in the land are terrified of us. Let me just pray for a moment. Lord, open up our hearts right now. God, for what's a, what you're about to say, God, because I believe that there are, there are those here today that can't see uh, maybe what you have for them. And I pray today, as the mountain is removed, that our hearts are open to hear what you say and give us vision for the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So you can see and feel the momentum in chapter two as they work their way towards the promised land. God is working out things, look at this, in a detailed and deliberate way, and he's working fast, and you can take that for yourself right now. God is working right now in a detailed and deliberate way, and he's working fast. First, there's something significant in the beginning of this chapter. I want you to see Joshua 2.1 right off the bat. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp of Acacia Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan, especially around the Jericho. So the two men, say two men, say two spies, set out and came to the house of, of the prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. Two spies speaks volumes. If you know this story, if you've read it, you'll remember that the first time they sent out how many? Twelve. Twelve dudes Moses said, I got 12 dudes. They're, they're great. They're my leaders. We'll send them out, scout out the land, and it's going to be okay. But it wasn't okay. Because the very first spy, his name is Shemua. So 12 spies went out, and Shemua was the first one. Now, Shemua is significant. His name means to grow numb. In other words, he was the party pooper. And that party pooper spirit, that grow numb, that lukewarm, that, that thing that kind of begins to weave its way in a person's life when they don't believe, happened there, right? And all of a sudden, 10 of them came back and said, you know, we can't do it. They're bigger, we're smaller. 
I think God's trying to contact someone on the phone. Go ahead. And <laughs> They're bigger. We're smaller. If, I want, if you want to know the common voice of the enemy in our lives, he always says, you're too small. We're way too big. Joshua and Caleb came back and said, no, no, no. We're big. They're small. You guys hear that? Say two spies. Let me give you some practical advice. Whenever you're following your dream, whenever you're moving towards something you've never moved, you've never seen before, you've never experienced before, you know something's in your gut, God wants you to do it, here's some practical advice. Get around people who love Jesus, who are kind, humble, not perfect, but non-judgmental, yet on fire for Jesus. Get around people, here we go, who celebrate you, who help encourage you and your dream. Limit your time with those who only tolerate you and stay away from those who hate you. Be careful to be around people who constantly criticize you. Now this is really good wisdom. When you're heading, listen, you don't have to have a large circle. You can have a small circle, two spies that say we can do it. And sometimes we're just people pleasers. We want everybody around us. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Just get the people, when, you, when you're moving towards your dream, get the people who celebrate you. You can do it. I'm with you. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't understand. That's your dream. Yes, you can do it. Paul even told Timothy to avoid people that are constantly criticizing or they are gossiping or, or they're causing dissension. He said, he said avoid them. Right? But sometimes they, oh no, we're, they're still our friends. You know, they, we still let them in our lives. Can I just say this? Don't. It's okay. Like, be okay with that. Get going, because it'll drag you back. Shemua to grown up, dragged them all back. Twelve spies, then two spies now. And I bet, I bet that those two spies were not only handpicked by Joshua and Caleb themselves, but more than likely directly discipled by them because they didn't want to make the same mistake again. So as we mentioned last week, we tend to repeat what we don't repair. Did you hear that? We tend to repeat what we don't repair. It's true. Emily and I have met with so many people, and one thing we've noticed really over the past few years, that we are living in a generation where I think everyone, everyone's struggle, whoever this, wherever you're struggling with, comes from a previous generation. Didn't come from you. Actually came from a parent or grandparent or great-grandparent. Bible talks about that. Why is that significant? Because what they didn't repair was repeated. And so the fourth generation got it, and all of a sudden passed it on to the next generation, and they got more of it, and passed it on to the next generation, and they got more of it, and all of a sudden passed it on to you. And you're sitting here thinking, what, why is this happening? Why is the struggle so big? And God says, it's not your fault. You're carrying something that came from the past generations. But here's the key. You're born for such a time as this. You're born to break it. You are the generational stronghold breaker of your family so that your kids and grandkids don't have to repeat it. 
Do you guys hear that? So rejoice because, you know, I listen. We, we meet with people all the time, and I just try to say, oh, man, I'm sorry that you went through that. But if we just trace it back, you're going to find that it's not your fault. You just happened to be born in a day where you just, all this stuff kind of landed on you. But guess what? God chooses you to break it. Break that thing in Jesus' name and watch the next generations be blessed because you don't have to repeat it when God repairs it. You could stop right there, but I'm not gonna. No way. We don't have to make this mistake same over and over again. Young people, here's something for you. Please, 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 ask a lot of questions, especially to those who've been around the block a time or two. One thing I love about Jack Nicholas is that when he is around young golfers, Jack Nicholas, in my opinion, the greatest ever, will always be the greatest ever golfer in history. I don't care who breaks his record, he's the greatest, in my opinion. When Jack Nicholas is around young golfers, he never approaches them and gives them advice. Never. He waits to see if they will come to him and get advice from the greatest ever. It sounds like, why wouldn't everyone do that? So typically what happens is all these young golfers, they, they think they know what they're doing. They got, they got it down. They know exactly what to do. Maybe they're doing great. But, but what they don't realize is there's a treasure. There is a treasure of a person that's willing and waiting just to say, hey, guys, come and ask. And when the young golfer comes and talks to Jack Nicholas, literally, he's like, oh yeah, I saw this in your swing. I saw this in your life. If you just tweak this little area, and they walk away thinking, oh my goodness, I just got something that's more valuable than anything I could ever read in a book. Young people, get wisdom. It'll add years to your life. Proverbs 9:11. wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. So, Long story short, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to make the same mistakes. You can make your own. Don't make the same mistakes they did. Just, just, just go forward and do what God's called you to do, but you don't have to make the same mistake. 12 spies to two spies. We're going to do it differently this time. So here we go. If you want God to reveal his plan, you need to know this. God has the plan. Say God has a plan. This is so important because it's his plan to get you to your promised land. It's not my plan, you guys. It's not your plan. It's his plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I, this is God speaking, I have for you, says the Lord, right? Plans for good, not disaster. Give you a future and a hope. And, and how about this in Psalm 32, 8? The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. Go ahead and make plans. God loves it when you make plans, but just that's fine, but know that his purposes will prevail because his plan is the best plan. I try to tell people this is that whenever we get a vision for our lives or a dream, we want to take one giant leap for mankind. When last week we said, no, just take steps, right? Because it's, 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 it's not... The pace that matters, it's the direction. Come on, we try to fire through it. And it says, listen, the pace is so important to God because and the pace and the plan go hand in hand. God's pace and his plan. 
So God's, God's plan is guaranteed to work because his promises are guaranteed to work. So Dan, how do I discover this plan? R- really quick, great question. There are two, really things, two things I see in this, in this verse I'm going to show you. Jesus in the Bible, by the way. How do you discover God's plan? Jesus in the Bible. Say Jesus and the Bible. <laughs> or the book of instructions, Joshua 2, 17 through 18. Look at this. Before they left, talking to Rahab, the men told her, Hey, we'll be bound by your oath we have taken only if you follow these instructions. Do you hear that? Verse 18, when, when, when we come into the land, you must leave the scarlet rope. There's Jesus right there. Explain that moment. The scarlet, the, the scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down, and your, all your family members, your father, mother, brothers, and relatives, must be here inside the house. Look at that plan. Scarlet rope, Jesus, instructions, the Bible. Jesus in the Bible, right there. It's a guarantee. Again, the scarlet rope is a symbol of the blood of Jesus that gives us the guarantee. The time has come and is coming even greater when we cannot put our trust in people. Now, people can be trustworthy. God bless trustworthy people. But there is no one like God. And God is to be trusted alone, right? Sometimes we make the mistake of putting our trust in our spouse and that's going to that's gonna hurt. We put our trust in Jesus and Jesus alone, right? That's the scarlet rope. You must be born again. My plan, God's plan for my life didn't start until I gave my heart to Jesus. Before, I'm telling you, the plan that I was following it was wrecked from the beginning. But the moment I said, Jesus, I receive you, I became born again, John 3, 3, and all of a sudden the plan began to unfold. Only then does it happen. Please hear me. Here's the question. Does the scarlet rope hang from your window? Is there a sign in your house, your little temple, your actual house that you trust Jesus? When God shows up, will he find faith in your home? Will he see the scarlet rope? Will he find you and I standing on his promises? Will he find a home dedicated to Jesus? If he does, the devil is very afraid. See, all of Jericho was afraid of God. Rahab told him that. So give your life to Jesus. Crack open that Bible. Crack it open. You'd be amazed what's in there. Oh my goodness, so much good stuff in the Bible. Well, they they say basic instructions before leaving earth, right? That's the Bible, acronym. Basic instructions before leaving earth. I think that's funny, but you don't have to. Um, You guys okay still? Like I said, if I hear very little hallelujahs, we go till about three o'clock. So it's up to you. You know, yeah, well, can, can you just say this? God has the plan. Say that. God has a plan. Are you okay with that? God has the plan. It's okay that he has a plan. 
And when you have a promise, here's what you need to know. Not just that God has a plan, but listen, God is working the plan ahead of you. This is so important for us. I love Joshua. I love this chapter too in Joshua because we see God working the plan ahead of them before they cross over. Two spies sneaking into Jericho, connecting them with the right person and probably the most unlikely person. Isn't that interesting? God does things differently than us. His ways are higher. He sets them up with a prostitute, Rahab. But God saw her heart, oh my goodness. God saw that he, she would be faithful, that she would, she would help them, right? And so he, here's what I learned about when God gives you a promise. Don't be surprised if it doesn't happen your way. Don't be surprised if God sends you some person out of obscurity that you've never met before. And when you look at me and think, you? We've been here 10 and a half years. And, and when, 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 when they were calling for a pastor here, there was probably about 10 pastors from all over the place. And a lot of them had senior pastor experience, and they had a pedigree. And, and <laughs> is that right? <laughs> is that a dog thing? Yeah, it's a dog thing. Yeah, dogs. No, I was kidding, right? Oh, man. <laughs> um, <clears throat> literally, 11 dogs they, they, they uh, uh, wanted, and then me. So, <laughs> no, a human being. No. <laughs> so, here, here, but here, here's what it went down. Emily, I've been praying secretly, just talking. God, what, what, what do you, I feel like you want us to, to, to pastor, like to be a senior pastor. We didn't tell anybody. And all of a sudden, the phone rings one day. And it was Pastor John. He said, hey, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but apparently your name got in a hat to, to uh, be a part of the, the pastor search. And you know what? When I heard that, I laughed. I said, <laughs> you know why I laughed? Not because of me. I laughed because nobody knew except God. It was so obscure. It was, it was something that we didn't, do, we didn't blast to everyone. I mean, even, I mean, it's just the funniest story, but that's how God works many times. He doesn't do it our way. He does it his way. He called a couple of Davids out of the sheep field. That's what he did. We're just Davids out of the sheep field. Nobody knew about us, but I'll tell you one thing. We love God. We love God. We love people. And we're loyal to God is what we are. We are loyal to, to the Lord. And you know what? If you got those three things, you're doing good. When God works things out his way, please, Know this, it's much, much better. Because you know what he's doing right now? He's working, he's positioning, and he's moving things around as he works his plan. He's working out the plan ahead of you. So at home, Emily knows this, I find myself moving objects in our home that might cause someone to fall. So I must be getting older. I'll move them out of the way to make sure no one trips on it like me. I clear a path for safety. That's my job. Emily likes to put things down, things that she's about to get rid of. She puts them over by the steps where I'm going <laughs> to, not by the steps, because in the dark I'm going to trip over it. So I move them. Well, God does the same for us. No matter what path we walk down, God is one step ahead. The Lord is always going before us. No matter what mountain we come up against, he has already climbed it. No matter what journey of uncertainty we encounter, God is already steps further. He's laying out a path and preparing our steps. He's flattening the land and preparing our journey. 
Isaiah 45, 2. Here's the, here's the proof. Isaiah 45, 2. He says, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze. That's the enemy. And cut the bars of iron. God will do it. And God said that to Joshua in Deuteronomy 31. I'm not going to go there, but he says it three times. He says, Joshua, I will personally, and Moses, I'll personally go with you. I will personally go ahead of you. All way ahead of you in the thumb, Nordoffs. Way ahead of you guys already, right? He was already in the thumb. I will personally go ahead of you. God is working out things way ahead of time. I guess if there's one thing I want to say today, God is working out the plan ahead of you. Because as Emily said, if you're living on a mountain of fear, worry, and anxiety about the future, don't. God's already way, 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 way ahead of you. He's got a plan for you to prosper you, success, filled with hope. I hope you see it because God's working ahead of you. And God is stopping the plan of your enemy. This is so so important. God is stopping right now the plan of your enemy. And not just stopping the enemy's plan, but causing great fear to come up on your enemy. That's right. We have power and authority in Jesus' name to make those devils afraid. We talk about devils in church for a moment. Apparently, it's one thing that we're to do as disciples lay hands on the sick, help the poor, cast out devils. <laughs> Did you know that? That perks us up a little bit. We don't want to hear that in church. But the truth is, that's what we're supposed to do. There's so many people right now oppressed by a wicked enemy, spiritual enemy, that we don't even recognize it. Oh, you're so down today. Oh, you're down the next day. Oh, you're down the next day. You've been down for the last three months. Hmm, I wonder if it's an enemy. I wonder if it's a spiritual wickedness. And so we're called to go in that person's life because we love them and say, hey, you might have a demon attacking you. Can I help? It should never be taboo for a Christian to go get deliverance. Can you please hear that? Do you know that? Like, we, we think it's like weird. Every person needs deliverance at some point in time in their lives, and maybe multiple times. Are you okay with that, right? Because guess what? We live in a world where it's easy at times for the enemy to kind of get a, get a hold of us or try to get on us, right, with fear and worry and anxiety. We just have to recognize and say, no, 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 no. Let's cast that thing out, Jesus' name. There, there, listen, there is, it, it's, not, it's not wrong. It should be normal. It should be normal to say, I think, I think I'm being oppressed by a demonic spirit. But we don't. We just say, hey, pop this pill. I'm not, I'm not against things that help get your, your system back in order, but, but I think we just kind of, here's a pill to make that devil go away. The pill will never make that devil go away. The only pill that'll make the devil go away is the gospel. That's the only pill, it's the gospel, Right? This is really good preaching right now. Did you know that you can make devils afraid? Joshua did. And so did Rahab, and so did every single person in Jericho, Joshua 2, 9 and 11. I know that the Lord has given you this land, she said. We're all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror, for we've heard how the Lord God made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt, and we know what, what, what he did to Sion and Og and two Amorite kings east of the Jordan, whose people you completely destroyed. 
No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight against after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. A few months back, I had a vision. It was, it was a vision. I woke up and had this vision of this, this demon, devil, little devil, in a corner of a room. Not in our house, in some other place. In a corner of a room. And I'm like, wow, that was weird. I don't really get those. But, but I saw it so vividly. And this, this devil was like frightened. He was, he, he or it or whatever it is, was frightened in the, in the corner of, of, of that room. And I said, I got to tell Emily about this because we're, we're partners in crime. Like we, we know that two are better than one. So I said, hey, uh, would you come to this? I didn't even tell her much. Would you come to this room that we're going to go to? And I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you just to come. I didn't tell her any of the details. We got into that room. She went right to the corner that I saw that devil. She went right to the corner. She started praying and worshiping and praying. And it said all of a sudden, quickly, she felt that demonic spirit leave. Felt, right? You felt it. But I didn't tell her anything. So I knew it was real. But here's my point. When the devil knows you're coming for it, it gets scared. But most of the time, we don't tell the devil we're coming for him. We think he's coming for us. Right? But when you send a message, no, 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 I'm coming for you. Because when, when, when I had that vision, this was the theme that God was telling me. He said, he said hey, hey, Dan, the devil knows you're coming for it. And it's frightened. It's frightened right now. It's frightened. It's frightened. Because we have authority. It was hiding in the corner. It was scared. It was trembling with fear. So how is it that a whole bunch of people in Jericho were so afraid of God? Well, it says they remembered what God did 40 years before parting a Red Sea. Did you guys hear that? They remembered God's miracles. And so I'm going to say this in love because I say it to myself too. Sometimes we can't remember what God did yesterday as a Christian. But they, the enemy, remember what God did 40 years ago. There's something powerful in remembering the faithfulness of God, what he's done in your life in the past. It's a key. If you want to see your incredible future unfold, you got to remember the past, the faithfulness of God, the miracles of God, the goodness of God performed in the past. He did it once, he'll do it again. He delivered you before, he'll deliver you again. He healed you before, he'll heal you again. It's so important to remember the faithfulness of God in the past to believe your promise for the future. Don't forget what, what the Lord has done. And don't forget this promise when the enemy tries to attack you. Deuteronomy 28, 7, look at this. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. Look at this. They will attack you from one direction, right? But they will scatter from you in seven. Woo! It's about time that Christians know their authority over the enemy. And it's about time that we have discernment when we're in people's lives saying, ah, uh, I don't think this is just an emotional thing. I think that you're under attack by a devil. And if you let me pray with you, we'll see that thing flee. How about that? Right? And it's not, it, there's nothing wrong with a Christian getting help to get a devil off your back. <laughs> Come on, right? We all have devils on our backs at times. But, but get help and get them off. It's okay. 
Walk in confidence in what God will do and watch God stop the plan of your enemy. And lastly, God is stopping the plan of your enemy because lastly, God is making a plan for family. He has a plan and it's a family plan. It's his priority. Your family, extended family, church family, community family, business family, rescued, restored, rewarded. That's God's mission always. Isn't that what we really want? You, when we pray, we're really thinking about our immediate family. We so want our, our mem family members to experience God, the, at least the taste of what we already have, right? We want that to happen. That's good because that's what God wants. Rahab was not just thinking about herself. Look at this. She was looking about, thinking about family. Joshua 2, 12 through 13. Now swear to me by the Lord that you'll be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live. Look at, along with my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and all of their families. She wasn't just thinking about herself because God loves family. Maybe you've lost hope for family. Maybe the enemy's trying to get you to give up. You've been praying, you've been asking, you've been crying out, and have not received an answer. Well, here's the promise in Acts 16, 30 and 31. This is, I love this promise. And he brought them out and asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And look at this, verse 31. Oh, easy. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved along with everyone in your household. Did you hear that? along with everyone in your household. Incredible. Incredible. That's a promise from God. I'm a product of that promise. I am. My mom, Jesus got a hold of my mom. And I was not living for God. I was away from God. I didn't even know God. And I was doing my thing. And I was doing my plan. And it wasn't working out for me. I was frustrated. And my mom told me after I got saved, she goes, you know, you were just lost, so lost. But she found this verse. Put that Acts 16, 31 again. Some of you need to memorize this. Some of you struggling with wondering if family's gonna come in. You need to have this uh, written down, tattooed if you want. Seriously, put it somewhere where you see it every day because it's a promise from God. So she gets saved, begins to pray for our whole family. I mean, hell knows this. As we did Judas Immortal, you, you saw an incredible legacy of people from his family, Hal and Judy, praying, which actually came back from a guy from Dwayne Cross who prayed. They got saved, and now they have a family serving Jesus. Oh, it was so beautiful. That memorial was so beautiful. Amen? So beautiful. But it started somewhere, right? And it ended with this incredible blessing. Same thing with my mom. She goes, you know what? It... I don't know how he's going to come to know Jesus, but I'm going to pray this prayer and believe it. Every day she prayed it. Every day she, she prayed it. Till one day, I, matter of fact, I said, I, I knew she was praying. I said, Mom, I can't have any fun. You're praying for I Seriously, I can't have any fun because I know you're praying for me. It was such a battle in my life. And she finally said, you know what, Lord? If he's got to go through some martyrdom, if he's got to miss the rapture, I don't know if you believe in that stuff, but miss the rapture, go through the great tribulation, right? Get all beat to pulp. If that's what it takes to get him to know Jesus, so be it. And two weeks later, I gave my heart to Jesus. Because here's what you need to know. Never, ever, ever, ever mess with a, with a 
mom's prayer and never, ever, ever mess with a dad's prayer. When it's Father's Day today, I said this, I said this before, but I got a phrase from Chad Gernot and probably many of you men here, but when you change a man, you change a whole family because that literally happened in his life. When you can get a man, but listen, I know there's some single moms out there. Do it on your own. Listen, that's okay. The same thing. Change a, change a single mom, change a family. Come on, any, any leader, any leader. And that's what my mom did. And I, I, I so thank her for not giving up and believing that promise. And we all are saved. Everyone in our family, we all know Jesus. We never went to church before that. We didn't know God. Generational breaker right there. Generational stronghold breaker. Woo! This verse shows us the heart of God for families. See, he has a plan. He has a plan. He's working the plan ahead of you. He's stopping the plan of the enemy, and he's making a plan for family. You can count on it. It's a guarantee. It may not happen right. It may, it may not be happening right now, but I promise you, they're all coming in. Even if it's their last breath, your family is coming to know Jesus. Come on. God promises it. Isn't that awesome? Woo! Hey, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's end this with a prayer. But I, I want to ask you today, with the kind of that, that if you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus listening online, the question that I have is, does the scarlet rope hang from your heart? Does that scarlet, when Jesus comes back and he, he says, I'm looking, I'm looking for those who know me, right? Does that scarlet rope hang from your heart, right, in your home? If it does, great. If not, I would love to allow him, God, to come on in your heart with two spies <laughs> and say, hey, would you hang a rope? Would you hang a scarlet rope which represents the blood of Jesus from your heart right now? And he promises he'll get you out. He'll get you out of your trouble. And that, that, that stronghold, that thing that you've been struggling with, that, that whole mountain, that Jericho in your life is going down. It's going down. So bow your heads for a moment. Just pray to say, just say all together as a family. Say, Heavenly Father, today I say I need you. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. God, I need you to enter my promised land. I can't do it without you. It's your plan. Thank you that you love me. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah. Hey, we love you guys. Have an incredible day. Happy Father's Day. We love you men. You guys are amazing. Take care. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.